0: What's going on, guys? My name is David Gibbs. I am the host and founder of this podcast, SIDCast, a podcast a resource dedicated to telling stories and sharing the experiences of the sports formation and athletic communications profession. Before we get any further into today's episode, I would like you to go over to iTunes or wherever you get this podcast and leave us a rating and review. It helps the show to grow up on the charts as well as continue to tell the SID story. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SportsInfocast. And sign up for a newsletter at sidcast.fireside.fm/slash newsletter. Now, let's get into today's conversation. what is going on guys my name is david gibson i am the host and founder of this podcast Sidcast, cast a podcast resource dedicated to telling stories and sharing the experiences of the sports information and i've got a profession that was just based off a of habit i realized that i have a uh Intro now that actually does that, but we're gonna roll with it just in case you didn't already know what the show was. Um, we are approaching Cosina Recognition Week here coming up. Be sure to change those profile pictures over on Facebook. Um, Cosina Kudos is another thing that we need you all to participate in a little bit more. So if you want to go to slash thank us, what is it? Thank your SID, uh, there'll be some things where you can fill out for Cosina Kudos. You can Uh, nominate somebody who has helped you in the profession, um, a mentor, or maybe even somebody that used to work for you. um, Anybody, give them some love uh, as this big week comes, you know, quickly as of probably next week. I got some things working on for that. I know everybody's working really, 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 really hard, um, but we're going to keep it rolling over here on our end. Uh, So yeah, today, Gregor was a guy I instantly, I think, emailed him after I saw the uh, Creature own Media Day. It was one of those hindsight things to where I wish we would have done something like that a little bit more in depth um, at my previous stop. I wish because it would have been just so much easier um, as far as the graphics and everything were concerned. He'll talk a little bit about um, from concept to court, uh, exactly what is a car wash when you're talking media day um, a lot of other things there was something, a story in here that I thought was really interesting, so he took a job uh, with a newspaper in, when he was 16 years old and his first assignment was to go interview the Boston Celtics head coach, I mean at 16 years old, how much more intimidating could that get to you, do you think probably not a whole lot so uh, we'll talk to Gregor about that um, yeah, not a whole lot going on our side. Hope that your, uh, your crossover season is going a little bit smoother than what you might've had in the past. I always say that just about every time we hit this time of year, uh, tw- well, twice a year because of February, just, I hate February, um, as a whole because of all this, but, uh, yeah, hope it's going well for you going well over here. Um, just super excited to, to keep moving forward. So yeah, also, Indiana football, for the fourth time in 25 years, how old am I? I'm 24 years old. For the fourth time in 25 years, we are going bowling with a win over Nebraska, in Nebraska last week. We did not lose the month of October, and it was fantastic. Uh, I am just so excited for this team. I got to be a part of the entourage today where we were doing some promo stuff um handing out tickets for our northwestern game as you're hearing this it'll be tomorrow it'll be the first night game in Memorial Stadium history in uh November because the big Ten as you know, some of you probably know they do not do night games and boy do we have a good one coming up against the defending big west big west big Ten west division champions so yeah uh, I will stop rambling for you guys. I know that this is a day late, so pardon me on that. Uh, but yeah, let's get it rolling. We will start off episode 138 of SIDCast with Gregor Walls of the University of P- Puget Sound Loggers and his sport background right here on SIDCast. SIDCast. Right.
1: I, I mean, uh, growing up youth sports, I played the most were, uh, soccer and basketball. Um, I wasn't great at either. I, <laughs> I think most of can say that, uh-huh. uh, sports just wasn't really good at it. Um, but played all through high school. And, um, it was really when I was like maybe 16 or so when I decided I wanted to be a sports writer. um, Got in with um, our local newspaper. I I reached out to their sports editor. um, Before my senior year of high school, that summer I reached out to him. I said, this is what I wanna do in college. Do you have any suggestions? And he said, how about you freelance for us? And I was not expecting that at all. Um, So he just threw me right into it, gave me assignments ranging from Little League Baseball to um, actually my first ever interview it's so strange. My first ever interview was a one-on-one with the Boston Celtics head coach. I'm from the, I'm from the Boston yeah. area. So my first ever interview was with um, John Carroll, who's the interim head coach. And, you know, I'm not even a senior in high school. Right. He and I are speaking one my first interview. And he was running a, um, a camp in my hometown. So uh, the sports editor just sent me to cover that. No real guidelines. Just said, hey, go talk to them. I'm like, all right. So so that right there, it was so cool. And I was like, I want to be in sports journalism, sports communications. Um, Kept freelancing through my senior year of high school. And then decided to go to Springfield College, a D3 in Massachusetts. Um, Studied sports journalism and English. Uh, I was the editor-in-chief my senior year of the student newspaper. We ran a, an annual sports magazine as well. Um, then when I graduated, I had that like moment a lot of students have. When I was approaching graduation, I had that moment like, oh, crap, what am I actually going to do for a living? Yeah. Like, am I staying in this newspaper thing? What am I actually going to do? Um, I decided I wanted to work in baseball. Yeah. So before I, um, as I approached graduation, I sent an email to every single minor league baseball team that was um, A-plus and higher, every single team, do you have any sort of internships, any positions. Only one team got back to me, it was the New Hampshire Fisher Cats, which was close enough to me, and they said, uh, yeah, we can give you an unpaid media relations internship. So the only thing on my table, I was like, sure, I'll take it. Um, There's a family friend, uh, is a family friend in New Hampshire. So I stayed with her and uh, just worked game days with the Fisher Cats Mm -hmm. for a summer. Um, That that was really cool. Like I was in the clubhouse before games getting lineups. I was in the clubhouse after games, uh, giving box scores, um, giving out game notes, things of that nature. Um, After that season, you know, I was like, that was fun. I want to stay in baseball. Again, same thing. I'm back at square one, pretty much. Sent emails out to every team I could think of. The Hickory Crawdads, single A North Carolina, uh, reached out back to me, and they said, we have a group sales position. I'm thinking, well, it's not in communications. It's not media relations. I don't care. It's something in minor league baseball. I'm going. So I moved to Hickory, North Carolina. (laughs) Big culture shock going from – New Hampshire to um, middle of nowhere, North Carolina. Made some great friends, like the, the folks I worked with were from all over the country, and that's a really cool thing about minor league baseball is everyone you work with is sort of in the same boat. Mm-hmm. They're from all over the country. They're working hours, just grinding, not making a lot of money at all. So I made some great friends working in minor league baseball, and then. I get to the end of my, this was an internship position with the crawdads. I get to the end of that and (laughs) I'm like, oh crap, what am I going to do? Like this is over. Come across a posting at Wofford college, um, marketing promotions assistant. And i have never worked in college athletics at this point. I've been exclusively newspaper magazines and minor league baseball applied for the Wofford college athletics position, marketing promotions, got that job somehow. I worked with, um, I worked for Lenny Mathis. um, Lenny's phenomenal athletic college athletics marketing. Um, I worked for him at Wofford. He since went on to work at Wake Forest, and he just got a job as the marketing director at uh, South Carolina Upstate. Spent a year working for Lenny at Wofford, and I was like, holy crap! I love college athletics. Just Mm -hmm. the like, um, just the ebb and flow of the year, um, the diversity with the athletics. I was like, this is it. Like, I got to be here. But I didn't really care about the marketing aspect. You know, I wanted to get back into communications. Um, I was looking at grad schools, got in at Wisconsin Stevens Point, where ultimately I had two grad assistantships, one in uh, media relations uh, for the athletics department, Hmm. and the other as a teaching assistant. So, um, you know, I, I essentially didn't have to pay for grad school. In the athletic department there, I worked for Mitch Capel, who um, who really, like, Mitch showed me what it is to be a sports information director, and I had no idea at that point. Mitch was awesome working for him for two years as a grad assistant. He's now the um, associate AD at St. Anselm, D2 in New Hampshire. Um, but, yeah, so that's basically how I got started, <laughs> that long story, how I got started. Um, after Stevens Point, uh, finished up grad school. Again, I feel like I've been in this this boat a lot where I'm like, oh, crap, what am I going to do? Like, It's been so many periods of my life, this professional journey where it's like, I don't know where I'm going. Finished up at Stevens Point. Again, I'm applying to now, instead of applying to minor league baseball teams, I'm applying to uh, college athletic departments. Um, Northeastern in Boston had a position. I applied for that. Interviewed with... uh, Mm -hmm. Mark Majuski, who's just a legend. Um, and, yeah, it's awesome. He's phenomenal. Um, and I'll never forget his words. Um, he said, you know, after I interviewed a few days later, he reached out back to me and he says, we want you to come back home to Boston. So um, that was great. So I got to work for Majuski a little bit, Oshar mm-hmm. uh, Mishner, who's great, Matt Hoodie, who's uh, terrific also. Did that for a year, and that year just – propelled me into the position with the university of puget sound um if if i hadn't learned from those three asha hoodie and uh imajuska i definitely would not have got the job at puget sound so i'm very fortunate in that regard
0: yeah i want to kind of go back to something in in your path that you mentioned earlier um your first assignment as a 16 year old was to go and uh, interview the boston celtics head coach was there any nerves (laughs) oh
1: my god yeah um yeah I so I pulled him aside and I think he was expecting a rider. It was probably not somebody who was as young like as I you boy. yeah. So uh we stepped aside and I put my hand on his shoulder and I was like, I don't know why I did this, just you know, being young and nervous, but I put my hand on his shoulder and I was like, This is my first time doing this, so please take it easy on me. He just looked at me like, Why are you touching me? <laughs> so yeah, there's definitely nerves in, in that interview for me
0: so what was different moving forward for you i mean as far as newspaper and everything was concerned i mean to me after that i mean it couldn't get like anybody couldn't get any scarier after that you know what i'm trying to say like to interview somebody to go and talk to somebody i mean there's not much not much higher you could get than a head coach of a professional organization
1: right I, i mean i think um There were definitely other moments. He was definitely the most um, prominent person I'd say in athletics that I'd interviewed um, through, you know, my time wanting to be a sports writer. Uh, But there were other times I was probably equally as nervous. Um, My freshman year of college, I was interviewing senior football players about their last game and it was a feature. So I was in their apartment sitting down in their living room with a bunch of huge football players just sitting in their living room. There's like four or five of them. Um, that was pretty nerve wracking too.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you, you say you have a lot of these moments or had a lot of these moments, I should say um, at the end of your tenure of wherever you were at, you'd have to say, Oh crap, I got to do something. I got to find something. So how did you kind of work through those feelings? I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of anxiety for you and there's a lot of people here. I know some of our undergrad interns who are seniors are uh, starting to look down that that tube of, hey, it's about that time. So how did you work through that, and how would you suggest other people uh, kind of, I don't know, therapy themselves and way through that time?
1: Right. I, I don't know. It, it might sound cocky, but I was confident that something was going to happen. Right. W- whether or not it was the thing that I was looking for, um, is another story, but I think I was always confident that something was going to fall into place. Um, you know, I'm fortunate that university of Puget Sound was like the thing for me. But before that, like after college, after, um, a brief stint in New Hampshire, after a stint in New- North Carolina, after being in Wisconsin for two years, each, after each one of those stops, I was just confident that something was going to fall into place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's funny. It, it when I le- left each one, sent out all these applications after each of those stops and all those emails, I would get like one or two responses, three at the most. You know, I'm reaching out to 100 departments, 100 teams. But um, I don't know. I just always felt that something was going to happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's something, I know that a lot of people in the moment are like, man, this is it right here. Like like a make or break situation. And I have to tell them over there, all our seniors, I'm like, listen, something it's going to happen for you. Like, yeah. we, you are probably one of the best social media people, like, in the game right now. Like, you will be fine. And sometimes people just need to hear that, I think. Um, you mentioned culture shock a little bit, moving from the Northeast region down to North Carolina. Uh, I mean, what was that like for you? And even when, was there anything when you moved out to uh, Puget, University of Puget Sound?
1: Um, Moving down to North, going from New England to North Carolina, um, a lot of it was just that, Hickory was just so far from any sort of city, hmm. right? I, I grew up 10, 12 miles from Boston. Um, so first and foremost, it's just being like, wow, I really feel like I'm in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, but then the South is just, it's just different. Um, I don't really know how to describe it. Just instead of, you know, instead of all the pizza shops, you got all the barbecue places.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Good stuff.
1: Small things like that. Yeah uh but then coming to the university of puget sound the pacific northwest feels a lot like the northeast just in the culture there's obviously some differences um i think people in general are, are less aggressive um
0: yeah what do you mean by that
1: <laughs> Less aggressive maybe a little less opinionated but just oh, okay. uh, generally i feel like the the overall climate's pretty similar to new england
0: oh, okay awesome um, you mentioned you had a couple of people at Northeastern that really helped propel you. You mentioned Mark Bajuski; he's been on the show twice now. Um, just voted into our SID Cast Hall of Fame for the 2019 year. So, and, and everybody, he's pretty good to listen to. So, if you want to he, do that,
1: every, he's going to be in every SID Hall of Fame that's ever been created.
0: Right? Yeah, I and mean, he's not even an SID now. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but you found those people; those people helped mentor you. Uh, what would you say to people who might? need a guiding hand in this profession, what would be the best way to go about doing that? I mean, you found some people through a job and through interviewing and everything, but um, how would people, maybe they wanted to connect with you. I mean, how would you how would they go about doing that?
1: Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll start with, uh, I have my own sort of opinion or, or guidance for up and coming professionals, but I'll start with uh, one thing Majewski told me that will forever stick with me. Um, I was watching him do work on his graphics. So I'm just sort of looking over his shoulder to do his thing. I'm like, man, how do you do it all? Like, just how do you do it? Like, at the Hockey SID and you're doing these kick-ass graphics, like, how do you do it all? And I swear to God, he said to me, he was like, a high school kid can do this. And I was just taken aback. <laughs> I'm like, what? And I didn't ask. I was just like, I, I didn't ask for any more details, but he just said a high school kid can do this. And at the time, I had no idea what he meant. Uh-huh. I, 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 I didn't think it was insulting, but I was just like, "How can you say that? This is amazing work." But I think through the years, like all of our little tasks, like we have a bunch of tasks, but all of them are pretty easy to do. Um, whether we're setting up game programs, whether we're making a graphics, if if, if you're motivated, I feel like all of these things are. are are achievable, all these little goals that we have as SIDs. And I think that was Mark's point, and that stuck with me for, you know, the past six, seven years. Um, My advice to up-and-coming SIDs is um, one thing is bring something to the table when you're applying or just starting a job or even interviewing. Bring something to the table that's never been done before at that athletic department. Say I see this goal, this very specific goal, this project that we can continue year after year. This is how we'll execute it. This is why it's beneficial for the athletic department. I can do it. Because, you you know, when there's a position that's open, they're going to get 100 applicants. Most of them are going to know how to do stat crew. Most of them are going to know how to write a recap. Most are going to know how to uh, cut video. Um, But bring something specific and unique to the department. Um, so I think that's my biggest piece of advice for, um, you know, folks who are out there job hunting in the SID world.
0: Speaking of job hunting and you've done this of quite a few times now, what's it, what's it like kind of to relocate? I mean, you went from Northeast to Pacific Northwest. You said the climate's a little bit different people are, or climate's about the same people are a little different, but I mean, what's that like to kind of pick up your life and move like that?
1: I, I love it. Um, you know, I, I remember looking every now and then I look back at like my middle school yearbook. I don't know why. So one of the things was like, What's your what's your long term goal? And my long term yeah. goal was I want to go to a large university outside of New England. Like I just wanted to go see the place. So my middle school goal, go see go to a large university outside of New England. Ultimately I went to a really small college in Massachusetts. Um but still that yearning to sort of still travel and, and see the country stayed with me. Um, so at first, the, the first big move to North Carolina was nerve wracking. Um, especially since, you know, not knowing anybody, um, then moved to Wisconsin. Um, and then the move to the Northwest, that was, that was like the true adventure. Cause I'm, I'm just driving across the country, uh, on I-90, just me and my dog and my car. And, uh-huh. uh, I pulled up, and I don't know a soul in the Northwest, but um, my first landing spot was our uh, now former basketball coach's house. And I pull up to his house, just my car, and he goes, first thing he says to me is, where's the U-Haul? <laughs> I was like, U-Haul, dude, I got an air mattress in the back, and that's about it. Uh-huh. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I love that adventure. Um, uh, and in my personal life, I try to travel as much as possible.
0: Oh, okay, awesome. So it's kind of easier for you. I mean, to kind of, and it's okay if people want to move around quite a bit. There are some people like me that thought of moving to like Florida scares the hell out of me because hurricanes. But that's a whole <laughs> different reason. Um, yeah, so so you're able to pick yourself up, move across country. I mean, uh, we talked a little about how you've worked at almost every little division that you can come across, even in minor leagues and stuff like that. Um, you worked at Northeastern, moved to kind of the Wisconsin. Um, and now you find yourself at a D3 school when you're, I mean, middle school goals don't mean Jack now, but what would you say? I mean, what was your philosophy like? Did you always want to move to a, a larger university or along the years, have you thought maybe small colleges for me?
1: You know what? I... I've. I've never over. i've never limited myself to either you know a large or a um, small college whether you know as a high school student applying or whether looking professionally mm-hmm. um, but i think i've come to learn that just the small college it just fits my personality like i'm not gonna throw out the um you know the cliche i believe in the small college because this that and the other or provides this that I really like it's just really I think it just fits my personality Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't really know how else to explain it
0: okay perfect well some people are like that I think I'm a little bit like that now I always thought to myself I'm definitely an Indiana guy and my job right now I mean it involves a lot of like I don't know I'm not in high school anymore so I don't know any of these social media trends you know and it's kind of right, hard right. to keep up with. And my personality just isn't doesn't scream TikTok account. You know what I mean? Like, there has to be a fit with it, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, it's funny. I brought up TikTok with one of our baseball players a couple of weeks ago. And I was like – because one night I randomly downloaded it and I started watching it. And I was like, okay, these things are kind of funny, but, like, I don't understand how people go about making them. Like – Like Clemson. Right. And I spoke, I spoke with one of our baseball players and I said, you know, I asked him if he's on TikTok, and he's like, yeah, I've watched some videos and stuff, but usually he sees them on Twitter. I said, would it be worth making a Puget sound athletics, TikTok account, or that just come off as old out of touch SID. And he was like, yeah, no, just stay away from it from athletics. And that's all I needed to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, Social media. Like, I feel like I'm getting out of touch a little bit and I, Swear! I consult our student-athletes casually um, pretty often. Like, what do you think of this idea? What do you think of this graphic? What do you think of this video? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I think we we definitely need to do that um, for social media purposes.
0: We have one just to reserve the username on it because we don't want anybody going on there pretending to be IU Hoosiers. The only one I saw was Clemson's Chicken and Waffles, which one I love Chicken and Waffles, and – too, I was like, well, but what's like the purpose of it? You know what I mean? Because right. cool, it's Trevor Lawrence eating chicken and waffles. But outside of that, what what what's right. going on here? <laughs>
1: um,
0: and that's it. What you say? That's one. Thing.
1: That's one thing I said. He's battle is what's the purpose mm-hmm. of it? Because you hear a lot from coaches and staff, like, oh, we need to get on this social media, or we need to do that, or we need to do the other. But like, okay, it, it exists and it's popular. But really, what's the purpose for us? Mm-hmm. And I think the common battle for SIDs with other staff is other staff see, for instance, when I first started at Puget Sound, um, Periscope was just getting big. So coaches were like, Oh, we got to get on Periscope. We we, got to have loggers Periscope. And I was, I was reluctant. We never did it because I was just really like, what's the, what's the purpose? How are we going to use this? Um, Just because it, this doesn't mean
0: we need right. it. It's kind of having those discussions with yourself, I would say, because when I was a freshman, is when we had Periscope, and I was an athlete, and I got injured, and we went to the conference championship, and I periscoped a lot of the events. But the, but it like sends it to Twitter. So what's the point of one social media if it's going to push it to another? And I feel like it's kind of the same way with TikTok, because you're like your athlete said, your baseball player, he saw him on Twitter. Like, what's the point of TikTok if it's just going to go to Twitter? So it's kind of finding that. I want to talk to you about something that you mentioned, because we kind of have the same issue, and I'm sure everybody out there has the same issues. Coaches see social media, I feel like, in a handful of ways when it could really be multiple, like recruiting is a big thing here that they always want social media for. So they're trying to do these things on their accounts that, one, have no purpose. Two, they think it just looks cool. And three, it's right. for recruiting. So how do you – you mentioned it earlier with the Periscope. How do you talk them off the ledge a little bit about trying something? I mean, it's okay to try new things, but not like trying something for the sake of having something.
1: Right. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll um, start at our key audience. Mm-hmm. And when I said when I interviewed, I said the number one target audience should be our, our current student athletes. Um, because if current student athletes enjoy the content on social media, then chances are you know, if a 19 year old likes it, then a 16 year olds going to like it. They're just that's they're pretty much in the same age range. So for recruiting purposes, if we have content that's that resonates with our student athletes, then it's going to resonate with our recruits. Um, we haven't got it. Too much into um, recruiting specific content. Um, that's probably like a, a summer project yeah. for me. Um, the, the football program here, they make their own sort of graphics. Um, and, that, and actually, I, I'll rewind a bit. I love working with our coaches. Um, our coaches have bought into the uh, to our social media platform and our communication strategy. Um, everything that comes from, we have team accounts, everything that comes from a team account, all the graphics are made in our communications department, the football program. They still make their own graphics, but they're tweeted out from the coaches' accounts. So that's the sort of give and take we agreed to. And then from the team account, we'll retweet coaches. Um, so if coaches want to make their own recruiting content, they can, and I say, have at it and they'll ask me for tips and I'll give them tips. Um, but that content comes only from their coaching accounts and not from team accounts. So that's, um, that's one way I manage this sort of recruiting, uh, content on social media. I
0: like it. I like it a lot. I wish we could, there's so many rules now here, but, um, speaking of your social media platforms, I, I followed you guys after I saw one of your, uh, was it was a teachable Tuesday, I think is what it was for you. Um, Followed you guys after that. You do something that I really like. You keep your graphics off of Instagram. You know, I could preach this all day and people can look at me and say, well, David, that's because it only works for you because you're on in Indiana. But gra- when I say graphics, I mean like the game days, the final scores. Um, well, we do that. Huh?
1: We, we do that on PS Loggers.
0: Okay, awesome. So what is kind of your philosophy as far as that is concerned? I mean, why does it work for your level? That's what I was kind of getting at. We don't do it is because our target audience and everything. I mean, we just think it's timely. That's why the one of the reasons why we want to do it. We want our content to last a little while, but it works for you guys. So what's kind of the the pros and cons of doing that, do you think?
1: Yeah, it's – I sat in on uh, on a marketing class here at Puget Sound last year and mm. um, they talked about the assignment for uh, different groups was how to increase um, attendance at Puget Sound Athletic Games. Um, and each group, and they didn't know I was going to be there, but each group said they would, um, among other things, promote it on Instagram with like a, with a graphic or something like that. So it, if the students would do it, then I think we should do it. If that makes sense, because the students yeah. are our audience.
0: Exactly. So
1: if they're expecting it, then you know we should give them the content that they're expecting and that they would themselves push. Um, also, be uh, through our media day uh, images or photos, we use those media day photos for game day graphics. And I think it's a really good way just to highlight the student athletes to be like, this is why we do media day. Um, hey, Johnny, here's a picture of you, just you for the game day graphic. And Johnny may never get on anything ever again, but like the game day graphic is sort of like that athlete's moment on social media. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. We uh,
0: had that at uh at USI. The, I think it was our soccer and baseball. Maybe they were always like, well, he gets on it a lot. I want on it today. So I know exactly what you're trying right. to say.
1: Yeah. Um exact yeah, it's just it, it's another meth, another way the, the game day graphics, another way to sort of highlight individual student athletes, um especially those who might not be highlighted um just from playing or not playing.
0: Yeah, I think it's also a great way to kind of get your student athletes to be your marketers for you. Like if you were to chat, tag Johnny and then he were to retweet it. I mean, we've seen that Um, athletes get a little bit more, what is it, interaction than main accounts do. I think it's a good way to do that as well. For sure. Uh, Um, Go ahead. What were you going to say?
1: Oh, no, no, I was just saying I agree.
0: Oh, okay. Awesome. Um, I want to talk back a little bit before we hit the media day stuff. I got two more questions for you before we got to move on here. Uh, Asking your student-athletes for feedback, at what point do you think – it would be like overkill for some SIDs and what point do you think it could be useful?
1: I'd do it really casually. Um, just, uh, yesterday I was walking through campus and, um, one of our women's basketball players was walking the other way and I just stopped her. I said, Hey, look at this picture. Um, Uh, on our Instagram, we have funny captions every now and then. So I was like, look at this picture. It's kind of silly. What's a good caption. Um, so we just stood there for like a minute or so, just bouncing Mm -hmm. around. I had a little laugh and then went our own way. So my approach is just to be casual about it. Um, whenever, you know, I might see a student athlete by themselves, I'm not going to approach a group before practice or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's just my approach. Um, I don't know if it's the right approach, but it, it works well for us.
0: Yeah. I mean, if your audience is the student athlete, you might as well ask the student athlete. Right. That's what yeah. I did it's at like- USI is I, whenever I made graphics. Um, my girlfriend was in a sorority. And whenever I made something that like I was a little bit unsure of or I was a little bit proud of, either or, I would show her little group. That she's got going. And then they would kind of say, like, oh, yes, we would like to see that. Even if they weren't even into athletics, I mean, would that yeah. make you want to go? It was a yeah. conversation that we would always have. Um, I mentioned the Teachable Tuesday a little bit. You mentioned the media days already. Uh, having your mm-hmm. own media day. I mean, you've got a, some of these levels, some of these schools, I mean, you guys included. Um, if you're in a market area that might be overwhelmed by a pro team or even a higher level college team, um, you've got to be your own news source. So can you kind of take us from, conce- from concept to basically implementation? Uh, I know it's a lot, but how do you go about doing that? And how has it worked for you and changed over the years?
1: For sure. Um, our My second year at Puget Sound, or rather at the end of my first year in May, um, I knew I wanted to do these post photos, um, but I had no idea how to go about it. Also, I wanted to do them because... Um, I didn't have a camera for taking game photos like my first actually my first two years. I didn't, I was not able to take game pictures. I had to rely on parents or the university photographer occasionally coming to some games. Um, So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to take these sort of posed promotional photos, whatever you want to call them. So Mm May 2015, that was the end of my first year at Puget Sound. I reached out to captains and I said, Hey, come on into my office, wear your game jersey. Um, I'll take some pictures of you outside. And as I said in this co a new media thing, that was a terrible approach. Um, I, thought, I thought going outside in the sun would provide good lighting. Oh, yeah. That was awful, just awful. Um, and then there was also obviously a lot of editing, um, just cutting out the backgrounds. Um, it was a ton of work. So then I moved that operation inside to a conference room. So the same thing to captains, schedule team captains, wear your game jersey, we'll go to a conference room. That was less editing, um, but the picture still didn't look great, just like really flat, no depth to them. Um, but we still did that for a couple more years. And then actually what happened was I went up to UW I met somebody who works at the University of Washington Athletic Department in uh, in giving. Met him at a bar, and um, yeah, <laughs> super. He's, the, he's from New England. He was wearing a Pat Patriots shirt. I was wearing a Patriots shirt, so we we're like, "Hey, we're buddies."
0: Um, it's funny how that works, huh?
1: Right. So he worked in the uh, he worked in the uh, University of Washington Athletics Department in giving. Um. And I said, hey, I would love to learn what they do on social media, like the behind-the-scenes stuff. So he arranged it so, so that I can meet with their creative team. And um, I met with the, a few people on their creative staff. And they just talked about their media day, which they call a car wash, where they just had two different <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Uh, their car wash is just two different backdrops, one for photos, one for video. And the athletes just go through it like a car wash. oh um, So, uh, so it's just like one station, the next station, the next station, and that's it. Um, so then that moment I was just like, I need to invest in a backdrop. Um, and it turns out that the the backdrop I was looking for is only 50 bucks. Um, I need lighting. So I consulted our university photographer. He had a friend who was giving away an old light set. It was like, it was straight up from the 1970s, but it still works. Yeah. So we just got a $50 backdrop. We got a free lighting set um, that's old as hell, um, and then the uh, the poles to hold up the backdrop we use um, from student activities. So from there, the scheduling's just uh, we do it during reading period when there's no classes, no competitions. Schedule two days, both days, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And we tell students, dress head to toe in your uh, home jerseys and come in whenever you want during this time period. uh, And we'll just – we'll be in this room ready to take pictures.
0: Awesome.
1: It's been been a game changer for our social media. Um, It's a lot of work in those two days taking all those pictures. You know, we take close to 2,000 pictures of all the returning student athletes, Um, spend the summer editing them. But then when the school year starts, I mean, I very rarely make cuts in Photoshop. I'm just placing these uh, media day images and then just working around that image. Um, It's made life so much easier during the school year.
0: Yeah, I would say it kind of streamlines your process a little bit. It kind of saves time, too, because I know a lot of people, and we included in the past, um, at my previous stops, would always cut out like game picks you know, and like you said, you took, you took a picture outside, you're going to cut a lot of stuff out and that could take time, like a lot of time. Um, if you're not really adept in Photoshop or anything like that. So I like, I like the method. I love it actually. And I think it's something that, uh, everybody can, uh, value moving forward. And you did this on a teachable Tuesday. You had a whole video. Where can people find that?
1: Um, yeah, it's, it was shared on uh, the COSIDA, um, twitter page and facebook page it might be on the website somewhere if there's a uh sort of new media tab that was part of the uh, new media committee um yeah where each month there's like a new sort of tutorial or story something like that um matt benton from messiah just put out a cool video um just about how they do post game highlights
0: awesome matt also a past guest so you're just rattling them off today
1: i'm just name dropping so they'll be my friend
0: <laughs> yeah that's kind of what might as well what we'd be doing here um anyway let's move on to a different part of this show where i like to ask some fun questions how does that sound yeah, let's do it all right so the first one i have for you um favorite memory of your professional tenure
1: honestly it was um it was this past uh it was a couple months ago when we did media day for football um one of the football players he's um he's real entrepreneur and he wants to be a photographer. So during football teams media day, he took a vast majority of the pictures and I just sat back and watched. And it's something I could have never envisioned three years ago. Um, not just having a media day, but then having student, students get really involved, not only in front of the camera, but behind the camera, um, it was, it was super cool, not just to have a media day, but just to have the, that level of involvement. That was probably um, my favorite memory so far.
0: What about on the other side? What's your biggest horror story?
1: Oh, my God. How much time do we have?
0: Uh, <laughs> less time no. as you need, bud.
1: Um, biggest horror story. Um, my first year at Puget Sound in the fall, I missed the COSIDA Academic All-American Deadline. So that was, um, and that was just, you know, three months into my Puget Sound tenure. So that was pretty bad. Um, and then the first time I felt like I really screwed something up was when I was a grad assistant at Stevens Point. Um, I was doing stats for basketball. It was my first time doing it, and I input something wrong, and the score was just way off by, you know, ten points or whatever, and it was super random. It wasn't like I had the right score, but wrong teams. It was just off. Um, I panicked. And I remember Mitch Capel, um, the SID at the time, looking at me. He just said, just keep going. Just do your job. Just keep going. And I'm still in a panic. Um, We wound up fixing it afterwards. and Everything was fine. But just in that moment, that was was my first experience um, sort of in that SID panic where it's like, oh, crap. What's happening?
0: Yeah. Never a fun moment. Last year, I got uh, four outs in an inning somehow. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that, was yeah. big, uh, yeah. that was probably my big. Yeah, uh, that probably my big first big, like effa. I think is what yeah. is, is the term people would use. Um, what's something you're interested in to learn more about in this profession?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. <clears throat>
0: um,
1: I just a lot of what. I want to do on social media is based off what i see from d1s Mm -hmm. so i just want to learn more about and i know obviously the staffing is way different but just i want to learn how to be more proficient with um motion graphics i'm just starting to dabble a little bit in it so um i just want to learn how to be better with motion graphics and then not just better at it but just be efficient because of that, you know, D3 staffing and time and, and what have you.
0: Yeah. Uh, what traits or characteristics in your mind make a good SID?
1: Um, someone who's flexible, for sure. Um, you, you might have a plan, things you're going to work on in a certain day, in a certain week, and that plan's going to get shot. So you got to have the flexibility and just roll with it. Um and someone who's stern there's going to be a lot of people who a lot of coaches a lot of parents a lot of staff who are going to tell you what you should be working on or strongly suggest what you should be working on and an SID needs to be able to say no or i'll do this later or this is why i'm going to do it later or this is why i'm not going to do it at all um sids definitely need to be able to sort of um stand up for themselves for sure
0: i tweeted out um from my personal account I tweeted out a series of books. uh, The first of which is called No More Mr. Nice Guy for all of you listening. I know I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, but um, it's mostly kind of for men, but it also, there's there's sections in there that uh, talk about being more assertive, which is something that Gregor's talking about a little bit. Um, Yeah, definitely. If you're going to, I mean, it saved my life like in more than one ways. Um, So all those books that I tweeted out check them out. Um, so yeah, if, uh, when you're not in the office, what are you doing for fun? I'm Not in the office. Um, (laughs) if you're ever not in the office,
1: I actually uh, deliberately my Mondays and Tuesdays are very, very low key. Um, you know, every day I try to, you know, have some sort of workout, whether in the gym or go for a run or playing basketball. But then, like when five o'clock comes around Mondays and Tuesdays, I go home, I walk my dog, and I just do nothing for all evening. Um, but then also, I have a solid group of friends that I'm lucky I made just through working in athletics here. Um, so once or twice a week, we get together at a bar, at somebody's house. Um, I also recently got engaged. So uh, hey,
0: there you go. Congrats.
1: Thanks. So. Um, we, we actually, we, we see each other. We live together, obviously, but we see each other once a week, um, just cause of the conflicting work schedules. So, you know, every, every Thursday, you know, she and I will plan to do something because that's the only time we really see each other during the school year. Um, what does she the- do? She works at a restaurant in uh, Seattle, okay. making way more than I will ever make as an SID. <laughs> Isn't
0: it funny because my, like, my girlfriend and I, we have the exact same job. And she makes double more than I do. <laughs> is such a pain in the ass yeah. problem to have, but it's a good problem. I would say I'm uh, not complaining, but I'm doing the same amount of work, man. Yeah. And it's, it's just whatever.
1: Yeah, no, it's funny. She got her master's in, um, uh, public education and she worked in the public se- sector for a while. And then she said, Oh, this is, this is dumb. I make twice as much working at a restaurant. So she just stayed, uh, Stayed where the money is.
0: Yeah, not a bad Um, plan. Yeah,
1: but then also outside of work, um, during the summer, I try to travel as often as possible.
0: Where's your Um, next uh, little destination, you're thinking?
1: uh, Well, the honeymoon's in Italy. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Uh, uh, This past summer, we went, um, went to Boston, Philly, and Hawaii. A couple summers ago, went to Japan. A couple summers before that, went to Europe. So, yeah, I really try to, um, and I'm lucky that, you know, I work for an AD who's like, you know, when, when we're not, you know, during the school year, go have your fun.
0: Yeah, not a bad plan. Um, next time, excuse me, next time someone is in the uh, Tacoma, Seattle area, uh, what's your restaurant or bar recommendation?
1: Tacoma, if you want the, the pure Tacoma experience, top of Tacoma is the, um, is the bar slash restaurant to go to. Um, Seattle, I don't know Seattle. I, try, I get up there mostly during the summer. Um, I like West Seattle and Alki Beach area. Um, it's got pretty cool views. It's across the water from downtown Seattle. So you're on this like beach area, but you look across the water and there's downtown Seattle. Um, trying to think of any specific uh, bars, restaurants that I like in Seattle. And sadly, none are really standing out.
0: Okay. <laughs> should, we take um, take that that a, should we take that as a, should we take that as a none are good or just haven't been there?
1: No, I, I just haven't um, sort of it. Experience the, you know, weekend after weekend nightlife in Seattle. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm uh, Henry. I I go up to a lot of Mariners games during the summer, so uh, Henry's is a pretty good pregame spot, um, which is outside. Uh, A lot of people playing cornhole and bocce ball, things like that. Perfect.
0: I like it. Like it. Uh, If anybody wanted to get in touch with you, have any questions for you, what'd be the best way to do it?
1: God, uh, sadly, my phone's attached. Uh, at my hand more often than not. So anything from email to um, a phone call to Twitter DM, Instagram DM, I'm going to notice all those things within a few hours Awesome for better or worse.
0: Well, we will have your uh, Twitter handle in uh, the episode description. So that way people can uh, find you real easy. How's that sound?
1: Well, yeah, that's awesome.
0: Cool. Well, Gregor, thank you very much for coming on. We all really do appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thanks, David. Keep up the good work.